Hey guys, welcome back to the Pendulum Show. My name is Yodin. I am joined by my co-host Tevai Bamba. And today we have a really special guest, Miss Hena Reshma, which is our really good friend. And she's very much involved in the women's rights movement in Malaysia. So why do we have Hena on? It's because we're going to be talking about identity politics. So we thought we'd bring Hena in and have a really good discussion on this. And what specifically about identity politics? Well, the question is, does identity politics hinder or promote progress in society. And as you later on here in the episode, we'll slowly discuss what progress does mean to us. But largely, we believe it's the advancement of social and economic prosperity in society and also the increment of equalities and even equal opportunities for everyone. Without further ado, we're going to get right into the episode. So let's go. I think identity politics are... They've A, been along, around for a long time. B, we can't live without them. We can't live with them. There has to be some sort of balance, definitely. It can't be a extreme of either side. There's no zero-sum game here. Yes, no zero-sum game. And I guess my stance on it is that I am, for the most part, pro-identity politics, but not, but in a more like centrist, balanced way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, cool. Shall we get to the first theme? Yes. Okay, nice. So, yeah, I, I suppose there are a lot of different perspectives on, perspectives on what identity politics is, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, I from from the way I see it, it's basically a politics that appeals to individuals based on their uh, membership in particular groups mm-hmm. or based on their immutable characteristics, things about themselves which they can't change, like, mm-hmm. bi- like their biology, such as race, gender, uh, sexuality. Uh, things like that and so I, I see it like being taken to to the extent of people are expected to have a certain type of politics because of their membership of these groups like I as an Indian am expected to have certain types of views mm. uh, because of the experience of the Indian community in Malaysia right mm. and uh, yeah that seems I suppose that it's uh, always an evolving thing but that seems to be the kind of direction that that is taken uh, especially recently, like uh, you know, in in America, you had uh, Biden say on a on a radio show, like uh, if you if you don't vote for him, you ain't black. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. So so yeah. That's why I think identity politics is in practice today. Right. Okay. I mean, in context of that, right? Why, why are we talking about? The why is the focus on identity politics so prominent now? Like, why is this becoming such a discussed and debated issue? Um, I think that identity politics, in some form, has existed here, but uh, in the West, it has it, it has become a topic of hot discussion, right? Mm. Uh, and it's become like intensely partisan, mm. and uh, so that's sort of given a name to a type of politics which already existed in many other parts of the world and mm. it's forced people to to look seriously at it because I think that especially in the West like the 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 conception was uh, the of the civil rights movement was more or less uh, everybody giving access to the same opportunities that everybody else had so it was op- about opening up opportunities but then the conversation now has shifted to uh, correcting what they believe are historical injustices Mm, yeah. yeah and that conversation already has been happening here right? like mm. if you look at like special privileges for certain races in Malaysia yeah. it was all about correcting historical 
inequalities mm-hmm. and things like that. So it is important. It is it is a, like I think it's a good opportunity for us here in Malaysia also to examine uh, our political system, our political ideologies. Well, what are the basis of these ideas? Are they uh, useful, fruitful for, like you said, uh, human progress? Yeah. Right, right. But maybe Hannah can tell us like, what her definition of identity politics is. <laughs> Um, no, I think you've described it pretty well. I think I understand identity politics to be, you know, literally, it's very self-explanatory. It's the politics of one's identity. And I think it identity politics is being talked about more right now. It's like a hot topic right now because it always comes up when, especially when US elections are happening. Mm-hmm. And then there's this whole discourse of identity politics. And I think it happens everywhere, actually. Even in Malaysia, there's huge discourse on identity politics, but we just don't use the word. The yes. word, the phrase yeah. identity politics is just a buzzword for Western countries. But it does happen yeah. everywhere and it is applicable everywhere. Uh, yeah. It does, it does. But I you see, uh, why is it that it's being debated about now when it's been present throughout history for a very long time? We've, I mean, the same. I mean, obviously, the, not the phrase. The phrase has not been there, lah. But like things like this have been debated about for a very, very long time. Why is it? Why is it only during the debates when when elections coming up? Then people suddenly everything's about identity politics. I don't know. It's. I think feels really weird. I think it comes up most when during like when it's election season because that's when you're literally voting in people who make decisions about your identity mm. that basically make a break it lah. Yeah. You know? So like US elections, it's literally so polarized that it's someone who's gonna actively try to, you know, harm you, harm your identity, harm your identity group. Versus someone who is attempting to liberate your identity group. That's why it comes up more during elections because it's it's all on the line, basically. Maybe I wanna roll it back a little bit, like, because um, these are more recent events we are discussing right now. Yeah. Yes. But maybe even sixty years ago, the topic of trying to safeguard different identities in the larger part of the conversation wasn't really a thing. Yeah. Right. So, I think. So maybe. I think it most definitely was. I I really don't I mean if you go back to the world war right like it's based on different classes class centric is also part of someone's class is also part of someone's identity and if you roll it back 60 years it was literally Malaysia's independence right how is Malaysia's yeah. independence from the British not identity politics it's literally all about identity politics any country's claim for independence to establish um, their own governance to be yeah, you know, yeah. cultural independence but those, but you, we were fighting more for a common goal. We were fighting more for independence. I, that was the primary goal. I, I don't think that that is identity uh, politics yeah. in the same, in the sense that identity politics is being practiced now. Because back then it was about, it was, the focus was more on equal rights yeah. as opposed to correcting inequalities. So mm. for people back then, we were part of the, like the, you gave the example of Malaysia's independence. We were part of the British Empire, but we did not have the rights of British citizens right yes. we do not have the right to choose a government of our own mm-hmm. to make uh, decisions at the local level all these things were rights denied to us but which we deserve and that is what the the independence movements all across the world uh, mm-hmm. fought for right mm-hmm. emancipation yeah but now but now the convers- like I said the conversation seems to have shifted to uh, the civil rights movement especially in the US the civil rights movement through the 50s 60s 
uh, sort of remove a lot of like those systemic discrimination, right? But then they find after that that uh, the inequalities didn't go away. Income inequalities didn't go away. And uh, in some cases, like even widen, right? And so the conversation shifted from uh, MLK's, uh, Martin Luther King's message was all about the US constitution having a certain set of promises which were never kept before. And now it's time for them. Uh, it's time. It's time for that check to be cashed in, right? That that was his vision, and and now it has shifted towards uh, how do we elevate these uh, groups which were historically marginalized? Yeah, yeah. How do we correct I, all that? No, I kind of disagree with what you've said, Bamba. Just because that idea of you said equal rights versus before this, the idea was about equal rights, and now the idea is about correcting inequalities. But those two things are the same thing. And what Yodin said was like, um, <clears throat> back then when you're fighting for independence and stuff, it's for a common identity. Uh, yes, but it's just, you're looking at the bigger picture, which is right. For example, the common identity that was being fought for then was like Malaysian identity, right? To be independent from the British. And now it's, you know, smaller things within that Malaysian identity, like being uh, recognized as a Malaysian queer person, being recognized as Malaysian, like Indian, things like that. But at that time, being Malaysian was one of those small identities within a bigger identity of being a British colonial country. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's how I, that's how I see it and understand how identity politics, I'm not saying it's the same, obviously right. it's different because like lots of different factors now were not present then and vice versa right. but it's the manifestation of the same kind of politics of identity that's that's how i see it I, right. yeah so i mean that uh yeah so what do you think really are the origins of today's brand of identity politics because mm-hmm. clearly it is something it is different like yeah, the, yeah. the 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 discourse right is on totally different grounds than it was even just over 20 years ago, right? Uh, whether it's in the West, whether it's here, uh, the, the, same, the same trend is happening. Uh, you see like identity politics, like identitarian politics on both the left and on the right as well. So like on the, on the right, especially in Europe, you see all these far-right parties on the basis of, you know, uh, European culture, European identity, and they're becoming more and more mainstream. Mm-hmm. And then on the left, uh, you have, uh, yeah, you have a lot of, you, you have the same thing going on where uh, you need to select candidates based on, yeah, you know, whether they belong to a minority group. Uh, yeah. Quota systems, things like that. Yeah. So, so, so clearly it's changed. So what, what do you think are the origins of this, this shift? I guess there are like many different factors involved one of them being that other people have done a lot more research on it you know the term identity politics itself was probably coined by some researcher where they were studying like you know politics what people want how people behave in elections for example i'm not sure right um and decided like oh these guys are all you know they're interested in forwarding the agenda of gender rights or sexuality rights or economic rights which are all politics of identity yeah that's where if you're asking me where the term came from i would guess that i think yeah that, i think that the term sort of came about from a uh, third wave feminism or that was the first uh, where, uh yeah, or, or rather that's where identity politics and intersectionality first became uh more prominent mm-hmm. when when uh feminist movement moved from when they sort of realized uh that oh uh, like why personal is political yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 but yeah i i from what i've read also is that uh especially on the left like the politics shifted from economics to to identity like especially in the past 30 years or so when 
essentially like uh essentially the economic the economic cause of the left yeah based on class the argument uh whether right or wrong was sort of lost at the end of the cold war because the leftist like economic structures fail right mm. and places like china and all shifted away from this sort of uh class based um yes. systems and so and and on the left it was sort of been replaced by uh in, instead of classes being oppressed is this particular communities which mm. which, which are being oppressed and that was the and that that sort of became like the new political framework yeah on I mean, the left I think generally you just saw that there was this huge wave in my opinion with the growth and spread of liberal democracies across the world right with liberal democracies uh, more freedoms are supposed to be granted and supposed to actually eradicate these class structures mm-hmm. right and actually be able to hold governments accountable and actually reduce the dependency of a power dynamic or power hierarchy here right mm-hmm. and alluding to what bamba is saying like yeah, this is essentially actually somewhat reversed um as more inequalities were were happening inequalities between gender uh income and so on were being widened and therefore as as i think as it got worse the between the if we slice it across different factions in society there was a need for these voices to be more prominently heard if divide is getting wider that was that's my opinion on it my take on it yeah i agree and it's also that minority group like became more empowered to want to fight for these rights kind of thing because that's mm. what identity politics also can mean right it's because these groups have been oppressed on the basis of their identity claiming their rights calling for more attention to be given to their rights the fact that their rights have been ignored or purposely demeaned but yeah. actually so you can clearly see right this is our conversation right now yeah that we we also have to bring opinion on what identity politics is worse right how how would you say how would you i mean how we are classifying it I mean, right right yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like right. she, she, like from her view, maybe it is more about equal rights. Uh, does mm. show up in uh less inequality. That is, is that correct? Am I characterizing your view correctly? Like when I say that the conversation shifted from equal rights to inequality, you're saying that these these are the same things, right? Yeah. Mm. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm saying sorry because equal right is the presence of no equality inequality, right? Inequality of like rights. and representation right, right of identities but also i think someone just now said <laughs> something along the lines of like you know whether identity politics is like good or bad and that's i think what even in our discussion over the last like 10 minutes has yielded is that if there's no strict definition of identity politics because it's one of those things that people understand it differently and people understand it because of their positionality as well so there's no strict definition of it and it's neither like It's not it's not a hard and fast thing it's not like it's not a word you know it's a concept right. you know what i mean and that concept means different things to different people and it's neither good or bad but it's just figuring out how to negotiate it like we said earlier it's not a zero sum game it's figuring out how identity politics can be meaningful and effective all right, right. Uh, i i think that one new component definitely in identity politics today is um this idea of intersectionality and a lot of people don't understand what intersectionality uh, is like maybe Hannah you can speak to that and sort of define that for us and also how does that relate into identity politics 
Okay. <laughs> uh, intersectionality is basically understanding how any individual, any not even any individual, but basically anything, an individual, an institution is affected by not, they're not defined by one thing. It's an intersectionality of a lot of things that make up who they are as a person, make up how they understand the world, how the world responds to them. So race, gender, class, come together and understanding someone's lived experiences while taking into account the intersection of all those factors is called intersectionality. Does that make sense to you guys? Oh. Yes. No, no. Yeah. it doesn't? Not at all. Okay. Why, why not? I, 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 <laughs> I feel like it's this one. I mean, okay, you see, uh, what I understand from intersectionality is how, um, so you have, mar- you have different marginalized people, yes. right? And then from that marginalized people, you have smaller marginalized people within the same thing. Is it, smaller is that, groups of more marginalized small. within the same. Ah, within the same. So, so you start with one identity and then you split into another, uh, based on that one person, she, that person also has other identities. And then this person also has other identities. And then you group this person with this. Uh, it's like a Venn diagram, never ending Venn diagram. La. <laughs> Am I right now? In a way, you're not right, but you're not wrong also. It's like, to look at it in a like marginalized, you're looking at it from the viewpoint of like intersectional, intersectionality within marginalized communities, yeah. right? But intersectionality isn't just about marginalized communities. Okay. It's about understanding how the, way work, how the world works. Okay. But basically, one way to understand it is like, you're a guy, right? Okay. So if you're talking about like marginalized, marginalization, some men have it easier than you in life, more privileges than you because they are white-skinned, light-skinned white men, basically. So when, when comparing your experience of life with that guy, you not only have to account for your gender, but you also have to account for race. And you cannot just account for race separately, but you also have to account for race and gender. Okay. Compare me to you, we'd have to account for my gender and our shared race, right? And then compare me to the white guy, you'd have to account for how my race and my gender are perceived together as well. Do you know what I mean? Uh. Okay, let's let's give you an example. Maybe that'll work easier. If me and a white guy are up for promotion and he gets the promotion, even though let's say I'm more qualified, okay? What could possible, how could we possibly understand that? It could be because he's a man and because of um, biases that are attached with gender gender biases he got the job because he's a man or maybe it's a racial bias because he's a white guy they feel like he's more capable than me a malaysian brown girl right or maybe it's also because i'm a brown malaysian girl and the connotations associated with those things together are like double whammy double negative Uh... so it's like a sort of the confluence of oppression that you experience by being part of several Marginalized. Several marginalized communities lead to very specific yeah. problems. Yeah, like I mean, negative will, one, then yeah. another negative yeah. one, yeah. and then negative 20. <laughs> like that. Like kind time. of. Yeah. Right. So if you're thinking about it, like within maybe the women's rights movement, you have yeah, to understand right. that, okay, so like when the women's rights movement started, it wasn't yeah. intersectional because yeah, yeah. all these white women were fighting for voting rights, yeah. but they weren't fighting for black women's voting rights because uh-huh. they, weren't, they weren't accounting for the specific problems women face on account of being black women. That's what okay. intersectionality is, taking into account other factors that yeah. that affect your life. Other yeah. factors that put together yeah. may, may, you know, Cream may either increase or decrease the... Yeah. Okay, fine. Yes. All right, all right. We increase agree. or decrease your opportunities, maybe. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
So we haven't got to the point where we're talking about whether this is a good thing or a yes. bad thing yet. But at least we have an understanding of what it, what it is and yeah. how it can relate to identity politics, which is trying to end the oppression of yeah, uh, yeah. yeah or yeah. at least yeah that's the tagline right so uh i think we also should talk about progress because that's the second part of our team our question yeah. our team right mm. for today which is whether or not identity politics constitutes progress mm. yeah so one is how would you define progress human progress uh i see you ask i know why just threw me under the bus no no because i think uh, i mean for us it's quite uh yes oh quite quite straightforward i don't know lah I think progress can be defined in many ways. No, no, for you, for you. That's why we have asked you. (laughs) 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 Um, Obviously, there's like economic progress. I think progress could be a sign of like, I obviously think economic progress is really important. Okay, don't start being like, oh my God, Hannah thinks that as long as there's equal rights, everyone can live in poverty. That's no, not no, what no. this is about. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it yeah, seems yeah. like we're on the same plane. Like, I mean, with yeah, progress, yeah, yeah. we all yeah. agree. I think that the I think that the two components of human progress is one 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 is material well-being, so economic progress, and second is uh individual rights. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and, that's actually fantastic. Yes, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, Ali, we agreed on one thing. Yeah. So we yes. agree on that. Oh, interesting. Okay, so yes. One thing, just one. <laughs> we agree. On but 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 but. I think that progress is about individual rights rather than rights group for rights. a particular community or particular group. I don't I don't really believe in groups having uh, uh particular rights over other groups or groups having individual rights. It all at the end of the day depends on the individual having the freedoms separate from any sort of uh, association which is voluntary or forced on him. Like I mean membership of a race. Hmm. That is not something that you choose, right? Yeah. It's biological to you. Gender, same thing. Sexuality, same thing. Uh, so yeah, I should have the same rights as every other individual. That's what I think progress is. I, I that's what I think that reform should work towards that kind of in uh liberty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So based on that, right? What are you saying right now in the progression of whatever or the conversation of how identity politics is happening right now? Yeah. Is there friction towards what between what you want to achieve in terms of what you define as progress with the existence of identity identity politics? I say no. <laughs> but Bamba continue. Oh, okay, okay. You take a turn after this. I think that I think that there's a risk right now with um trying to address group inequalities and group injustices that you are creating special rights for particular groups. Okay, so one so the example like we will talk about Malaysia more lah, but you can see this happening in Malaysia where uh there were people said that the Malays uh historically have been uh, uh treated unfairly by the British that this is uh played out in economic inequality and therefore we need to grant. The Malays, the Malays and Bumiputras in Malaysia, special rights as a group. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that I I think that's antithetical to to human to human progress simply because uh individuals vary so much be- within the group itself. When you grant rights, uh, special rights over other groups, mm. that is creating inequality of opportunity. Mm. So while you pursue equality of out- outcome, yeah, which you may or may not achieve, like in this country, it has never been achieved, right? Yeah. Despite. 40 50 years of this policy yeah uh you you take away equality of opportunity for individuals to have to be able to compete on a le- level playing field mm. Mm. yeah so that so that's why i think that identity politics as it stands today 
does not really work in that direction. You see, um, see, um, okay, okay. I know this is a bit weird, but um, I feel like I want to circle back to. I mean, just now, it's just now itself. You could see a disparity between what Bamba said, what yeah, Hannah right. said, right? Yeah. So one person says, um, equal opportunity is not the same as uh, what was it? What is it? Equal outcomes. Uh, equal outcomes, right? It's not the same thing, but. Um, Hannah says that it is by itself the same thing, mm. right? Which is something. I mean, if we cannot, we cannot even agree on that. Yeah, yeah. How are we going to build anything on it, right? This okay. What what you just said, Bamba, could be just a failure in policy. Yeah. Right. It could yeah. be easily just a failure of policy. We we know we know with what the the policy that's been put forward by the Malaysian government uh, by by Malaysians and by large um, mm. until today only benefit the top one percent of the Malay community. Yeah. Correct or not? Yeah. So that that creates that creates the that creates that create in the inequality even within that group that we're supposed to be trying to protect. Yeah. Yeah. Correct yeah. or not? You see, that's something that's built on just just these two this this these two statements. Like how we cannot even agree on that thing. How can how yeah, yeah, how are we yeah. gonna agree? How are we gonna build something on something that we cannot agree on? The, the foundations of it is so it's like shaky. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. No. No. I'm no, like a little bit confused by what Deva said. No, basically. <laughs> What he's trying to say is that by us not being able to agree on a particular definition of equality, of equality, of equality, yeah. you are just you're going down a rabbit hole of it not being a fruitful, uh, progressive manner. Well, I I disagree with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I the way I see it is like Bamba and I are having. I mean, all of us lah. But just saying, Bamba and I, because you used this in the example, we are having a meaningful discussion yeah. where. We neither of us are attacking each other's opinions. We're seeing where the other one comes from. Yeah. And when we have meaningful discussions like this, the more discussions we have, the people that listen to this, the people we have, the more people we have these kinds of discussion with, that catalyzes change. Yes, we agree. That's why we do the show. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's yeah maybe we disagree on some fundamental understandings of it. But that's also okay. There's, there's. It's not possible, and it's not healthy for any group, be it a small group like the four of us right now, or the wider group like society and the world, to have homogenous opinions. It's always good to have dissenting opinions and differing opinions. Mm. Yes. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That allows the uh, ideas to be t- tested uh, yeah. thoroughly, right? Yeah. 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 It's like right. peer review nonstop. <laughs> Yeah. No, uh, let's uh, change tech a bit and talk about what identity politics has achieved mm. or what, yeah. So, but actually, sorry, Bamba. Before we do that, can I say something about? I think earlier you were like talking about like equality of opportunities. Yes. Right. Yeah. And you're talking about how we need to address it at an individual level instead of like a group level, right? Yes. But that's the way I see it with the vastness of inequalities right now. It's impossible to address every single person's inequality. Do you know what I mean? Because everyone faces different inequalities, and the only way to to get to that level where you're able to address individual needs is to first address group needs. That's right. how I see it. I don't see. I'm not saying that your point isn't valid. It is, but it's just that we are not at that level of progress yet. Where we can look at individual needs. Hmm. I mean that that is a that's a more uh practical question, right? Yeah. Of how uh how you can effectively implement implement um policies yeah. goals, which I mean there is definitely a lot of room for. But what I'm saying that is that in practice here, what you are describing has been tried. Where you like you said, you can't address it on an individual level. You need to address yeah. it at the group level. Yes. 
but in Malaysia that that is created even more inequality within that in group. That group, yeah. yeah. And it and it is always liable to do that because what? yeah yeah I I think that it is always liable to do that because in the first place there is an element of unfairness right like not everybody needs the same amount of help yeah not yeah everybody needs and that's that's where intersectionality comes in to understand who needs more help than the other yeah well right. yeah well I suppose we can get more into that lah but whether or not intersectionality it's the best way of of determining who needs help and who doesn't yeah. because even within you can keep on slicing the groups yes. but oppression is not the only reason for inequality clearly right yeah. there's there are so many other factors and you cannot take away the I, the the fact that humans still have agency they still yeah. have uh, free will and free choice and it is and it still affects their lives right yes it's yeah. not really determined by your race gender sexuality yeah. your something life so yeah so that's why i think that Uh yeah, intersectionality may not be the best way of making that determination. Who needs help? Yeah. Who doesn't? Because, yeah, uh, I mean that's a question of in. Of I practice. think that's something that we should talk about a little bit more on, yeah. but maybe we're saving it for like the later conversation. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, we did want to talk about first about what identity politics has been able to achieve. Yeah, which yeah. Uh, you can probably speak more to than than us lah. Yes. Yeah. I, <laughs> One has. <laughs> For the past half hour. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I feel like the top, the the word that we are sk- like skirting around, which needs to be said, is racial quotas, right? Gender quotas, quotas. I feel okay. like that's what we are referring to. Also, when we talk about equal opportunities, etc. Right? Hmm. Yeah, it's one example. It's one, example. one example. <laughs> okay. Um, what has identity politics achieved is a really big question. In what context? In your context, in like it, in your efforts of advancing the women's rights movement here. Um. Well, I'll have to. I I gotta actually look this You're up once again. Right? Yeah, I, I, I actually have to look something up. But basically, because I don't want to get my facts wrong. Okay. Back before I joined Women's Aid organization as a full time staff, which I am now. <laughs> I don't know if that, that was mentioned okay, so um, later, but I. I worked on a campaign with them. I worked on a campaign with them to end pregnancy discrimination, and that's a form of identity politics, which is like it's not, it's a subset of women. Mm. It's pregnant women, right? Mm. And fighting for rights based on that identity of being women who want to get pregnant, are able to get pregnant, all that stuff, right? Mm. And in leveraging on that, playing that identity politics, playing that game of identity politics. <laughs> We brought about some like good change. We raised a lot of awareness about it, and this is what I was trying to fact check, but I can't fact check, fact check, but I can't find the uh, campaign site. It's called Invisible Women, the campaign, and mm-hmm. I think it had some very visceral results, which was in policy. We influenced policy making mm-hmm. about a, like putting in place a law that directly addressed the discrimination of. Pregnant women during the employment process. Hmm. If I remember correctly, right. I have to fact check that. Okay. I can send it to you later. <laughs> That's essentially a testament towards uh, an NGO within civil society providing a check and balance hmm. and influencing policy making hmm. in a government society. I think I think that fair to say, right? Yes, and it, I, I mean, so this is one of the good things about having groups or, or organizations. 
that seek to advance a particular i would not say that wao represents a particular identity but it does espouse a particular ideology yeah and represents a particular group yeah it does yeah it, it does yeah. yeah yeah fighting for women's rights that's pretty obvious yeah but i mean femi- but feminism but you espouse a ideology of wao is a feminist organization yeah. yes okay. yeah but so in talking about how did what have identity politics achieved for like in my personal context you know something like that for example you know yeah. um very recently there uh, we did a campaign on girls rights girls in sports mm-hmm. and so that's also another identity right like girls and looking at the intersectionality of the issue we're not only looking at gender but we're looking at age and how g- girls are subject to different kinds of discrimination because of their age as well as their gender so we did a campaign on girls in sports and lots of young girls messaged afterwards to say that was so great before this you know i didn't i was scared to take part in sports but now i'm really interested in taking part in sports blah 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 so that's another way in playing that understanding that identity politics and understanding how that's important has achieved something good has achieved this one didn't achieve policy change but it achieved mind personal empowering change changing mindset yeah for example I, so you asked that's just my answer <laughs> that you guys yeah. asked no no and i i think that especially in in countries like ours where the conversation about rights is not like very mature yet like we yeah. haven't had the we haven't had the same progress in in guaranteeing equal rights for all yeah. people that you have in in uh, like a lot of other more developed uh, demo- democratic countries right yeah. and so yeah. like it's like wao uh which fight for the interests of marginalized groups yeah. where there is systemic uh, discrimination mm-hmm. and where uh, even mind hearts and minds still quite uh, discriminatory because the, mm-hmm. like you see the 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 attitudes towards women in malaysia some of them seem like like from the middle ages right like you you see this online in real life and all that and that's where uh, yeah groups like uh, wao and others definitely can have like, really Uh, big impact right mm-hmm. yeah. is there any could you is there a counter argument to this for example if we didn't um focus particularly on the gender sorry can i like jump in here and just sure. say that i think now you know identity politics politics because that term was coined within the feminist movement right like bamba said earlier yeah because of that identity politics is just always associated with the left right mm, yes you know it's always the conversation is always about how identity politics is used by the left to uh, advocate for rights to gain rights but identity politics is so often used by the right to and of course going into this binary of left and right but is often used by the right to retain their rights to retain their privilege and to push back against the left which is how i think maybe identity politics could be bad because the the whole reason that trump won the election 4 years ago was by playing this game of identity politics and like fearmongering about immigrants racial inequality yeah and you know just like really enforcing that rhetoric of white like white supremacy we got to make america great again white people rock that's identity politics all his policies which have caused real pain and real damage to marginal, to already marginalized people have all been about identity politics building the wall in mexico and stuff like that Mm. identity politics at the highest level possible which is at the presidential level in america right playing yeah. the game of we need to separate this racial group from our racial group and protect our white identity white 
privilege. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't know if the wall is an example of identity <laughs> politics. Uh, that is that, uh, but it, it's more tenuously tied, I would think. But and also, uh, it, I think that when you're talking about identity politics on the right, it's not so prominent in America as it is in Europe. So mm-hmm. like Trump, yes, I mean like some white supremacists support him, and he's just this sort of wink and nod kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sorry, you just say some white supremacists support Trump. Where do you no, think I, the other white supremacists? Like uh, support people like uh, people like uh, David Duke yeah. is the is the what, what visit of the KKK or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of them they turned against him. him. Yeah, not not all of them. Uh, some and they are also very the white supremacists in America are very yeah, yeah. systematic as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas Trump has been very pro Israel and a lot of them are uh, against him because of that, right? Yeah. 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 He does not. He has not sort of adopted wholesale the white supremacist agenda that historically existed in America. So our episodes just seem to be getting longer and longer, and this will be the longest one so far. That's why we had to split it into two, as I previously mentioned. So I hope you enjoyed the first part of the episode. We'll be dropping the second part really soon, so stay tuned for that. But until then, stay home, stay safe, don't go out, and we'll see you next week.